0: If you want to stay notified of my newest uploads, click subscribe and follow me at Dark Prevails on Twitter. Thank you. If you're anything like me, you may also find peace and wonder in the sounds of rain and thunderstorms. It can be peaceful, but it may also be ominous as the sound of a storm rages outside. Being scared, and I hope you enjoy the following true scary stories with a backdrop of my favorite sound in the world a thunderstorm. Enjoy. 1. The Child in My Hallway. Submitted by Siren Nexus. I've believed in the paranormal for a long time which is funny considering I was born into a family that is extremely skeptical. I'm not sure whether it's my fault or not, but now my brother is also a believer. I've always been a bit of a paranoid person. As such, tiny sounds like a sink dripping water might make me think that someone is in the house. But this experience, I'm almost positive that this has nothing to do with my paranoia. Anyway... For the story to make sense, you'll need to know that my room is near the garage. My room is far from the rest of my family's, and next to it is the washing room and a restroom, both connected to the short hallway my room is connected to. One morning during December of 2017, as always, my little brother woke me up. We both tend to wake up earlier than everyone else. I don't know what time he woke me up, but there was some light coming from outside, though it was still dark enough to be somewhat eerie. Suddenly, my little brother told me something odd. You'd better run. I did as he told me. Once we were in the living room together, I asked him why he told me that. He began to explain to me that while in the hallway, he saw someone about my size either pacing or running back and forth and that they were covered in shadows. That was how he described it. I believed my brother due to the blatant fear in his eyes. Any denial was cast aside when just seconds later, we heard the tapping of feet coming down the hallway. Of course, as scared as we were, we ran to tell our father Not to anyone's surprise, he didn't believe us. He was used to me making mountains out of molehills because of my paranoia. That was about six months ago. Now, for me, anyway, it's June. The topic didn't come up often, only when my friends and I were discussing paranormal things. I had a theory that the thing my brother saw was a shadow man, Rather, a shadow child in our case. A paranormal entity that is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Entities that have the bodily shape of a person, but almost no other features. As my brother put it, they are covered in shadows. I make them sound simple, but really, they are quite interesting. Yet, this shadow person theory was rolled out only two days ago, June 3rd as of writing this. I was unpacking stuff from my backpack as I had just arrived from my dad's house for the summer when suddenly I saw someone pacing down the hallway. I thought that it was my brother going to the restroom, but there were four things about the situation that were weird. One, the person was walking in an oddly stiff fashion. Two, they were walking in the dark and seemed to be unaware of my existence. Three, although I couldn't make out their features, I saw that their hands were unnaturally pale. And four, they were about my size, not my brother's. Wondering if it was just an effect of my peripheral vision, I went to the living room, only to see that my little brother was sitting on the couch. A chill crawled down my spine. I quickly ran back to the hallway to see if anyone was there, and found nothing. If they had gone through the garage door, then I would have heard it. Our house is old and creaky, and that leads me to something that makes this even weirder. As far as I knew, no one had ever passed away in this house. We're only the second family to own the place, and the old owner was a police officer. I believe this entity, whatever it is, has been following me for years. Creepy but much more subtle things have happened to me before. Even so, as the creepy things continue to happen, I'm much more intrigued than scared. Well, all except for this final experience. Because Thanksgiving week of last year, while trying to go to sleep under my blanket, I felt and heard someone moving the blanket from behind me, as if someone had crawled under the blanket with me. I'm hoping that's as far as these experiences will go. Hopefully, they'll stop soon. Number two, The Old Woman, submitted by Grace underscore Omega, read by Being Scared.
1: I recently moved into a big house, just temporarily, it's kind of a complicated situation. The house belongs to a family member, they were going to be gone for a few months, that sort of thing. I was going to be there on my own, so obviously I thought, what if it's haunted? There wasn't anything in the house when I moved in, there is now. I was in the main hallway unpacking some stuff when the doorbell rang. That put me on edge right away, because the house is at the end of a long driveway, and kind of out of the way. You have to go looking for it. There was an old woman at the door. This was in broad daylight, but there was still something kind of... off about her. She was really tall, like a full head taller than me, and I thought there was something weird about the way she looked. It was like none of her clothes fit her properly. She took my hand and smiled really wide and told me that she was from the neighborhood council or something like that and asked if she could come in and talk to me. My gut reaction was to say no, but I couldn't really think of a reason to. She was just an old woman. What was she going to do? I really wish... I had just slammed the door in her face. I brought her into the living room and she sort of tottered behind me like her feet didn't fit into her shoes properly. She sat down without asking and grinned at me until I took a seat across from her. For about a half a minute she didn't say anything, just smiled and stared at me while it got increasingly awkward. Just as I was about to break the silence she fished in her pocket and pulled out this really big, old-fashioned sweet, the type that comes in that see-through wrapping. Here, she said.
0: Eat this.
1: I should probably point out here that she spoke really quietly, so it was difficult to hear anything she said. I accepted the sweet, kind of taken back, and unwrapped it. It was dark red, almost black. I popped it in my mouth, because she was still grinning at me and nodding her head. Have you ever walked around behind a supermarket where they keep the big bins? They throw meat that's gone bad in those bins. Imagine that rancid smell, but on a hot summer day, it's so thick you can almost feel it in the air. That's what this sweet tasted like. I almost spit it out onto the floor, but wanting to be nice made me chew the thing and force it down my throat. The woman was talking all the time but between the taste and her quiet voice I barely heard her. My mouth tasted like rotten meat so I politely told her I was going to go get some water and ran into the kitchen. When I came back she was gone. I had been in the kitchen for less than 30 seconds. My first reaction probably should have been to assume that she went to the bathroom or had to leave in a hurry. Instead, I searched the entire house. I went through every single room, convinced I was going to open a closet, or look under a bed, and see her stuffed in there, grinning at me. That didn't happen, obviously, but I was still extremely on edge as the sun started to go down. I felt like I was turning off the light in my bedroom after spotting a giant spider in there. That night, I propped a chair against my bedroom door because I just couldn't shake the feeling that the woman was still in the house somewhere, hiding. I woke up at around 2 in the morning and heard creaking floorboards downstairs. It was an old house and unfamiliar. I kept telling myself that until the noises stopped. When I woke up the next morning, there was a red suite on the living room table. I'll tell you the same thing I told the police. No, I can't be absolutely certain that the suite wasn't there the day before. Maybe I had just overlooked it, but I didn't think so. They told me that the organization the woman claimed to come from didn't actually exist, and clearly thought I was wasting their time. After they left, I searched the entire house again, and then the grounds. Then I searched them again. By the time I was finished, I had managed to calm down a bit and looked at the situation rationally. The woman probably left the suite there the previous day, and I just didn't notice. I had searched the whole house twice now. There was nowhere she could possibly be hiding. She was probably just some daughtery old lady who wandered off while I was in the kitchen. As I prepared to go to bed... I had managed to fully delude myself into thinking nothing strange was going on. I decided not to do anything childish like blocking my door, because what was I afraid of? Even if she somehow was still inside the house somewhere, what was she going to do? At some point in the middle of the night, I woke up abruptly, knowing in the back of my mind that something was wrong. I guess I must have heard something in my sleep. I turned over onto my side and reached out to turn on the bedside lamp, groping around because I was in an unfamiliar room. When the light came on, I saw the old woman standing right next to my bed. I only got a glimpse of her because as soon as I screamed, she scuttled backward out of the door really fast. I only got the briefest glimpse of her before she vanished into the unlit hallway outside my door. I now believe that the human brain has a special compartment for dealing with experiences far outside of the realm of the natural. If I had woken up to find a burglar in my room, I probably would have gone numb with panic. If there was a lion at the foot of my bed, I would have been too paralyzed with fear to do anything, but as soon as the woman was gone, that special compartment took over. I jumped out of bed and slammed the door shut shoved a chair up against the handle and then dashed for my phone. No signal, no internet. I later found out there was nothing wrong with the phone or the local service. I think that she was interfering with it somehow. The drop from the bedroom window wasn't too high. If I landed just right I would probably avoid injury, but what if I sprained an ankle or broke my leg? I had a sudden vision of pulling myself across the dark garden while the woman sprinted after me and decided I didn't want to risk it. That gave me two options. Wait out the night in my bedroom or try to get out of the house now. I went for the second one. I was thinking that my flimsy barricade wouldn't hold if the woman decided she wanted back in. I broke one of the chair legs off and crept slowly into the hallway reaching carefully for the light switch. When I pressed it, the lights came on for a second and then faded out. I flicked the switch a few more times. Nothing. Some gut instinct told me she was sabotaging them somehow. I used my phone for light as I slowly, quietly crept along the upstairs hallway and down the stairs. The light barely traced the shapes of the walls and the dark, yawning frames of open doorways. I jumped at every single shadow and unidentifiable shape, certain that at any second that grinning face would appear out of the shadows. I got downstairs into the front door. I had double locked it and put the chain in place. Just as I was reaching for the first lock, I heard rapid, uneven footsteps at the top of the stairs approaching swiftly. I undid the first lock A high-pitched shriek came from halfway down the stairs, and I screamed as I undid the second lock and wrenched the door open. It stuck fast. I had forgotten the chain. I glanced behind me and saw the tall, spindly shape of the woman half running, half falling down the stairs toward me, her head lolling backward and her mouth hanging open. I can't even remember getting the chain off. I might actually have just yanked the door open so hard I broke it. In any case, the last I saw of the woman was her face inches away from me as I slammed the door shut. I sprinted to the nearest house and eventually they called the police, possibly because I was half delirious with fear and babbling incoherently. The police once again failed to find anything unusual. It's been a week. I'm staying at a friend's place, sleeping with the lights on and the bedroom door barricaded. The house's real owners aren't back yet. I'm not sure what I'm going to tell them, but I have to stop them from going back there, somehow. This isn't a haunting. It's an infestation. I can't stop thinking about all of the holes in our defenses, the windows and doors left open, the strangers invited into our living rooms. I just hope to God it's the house that she
0: wanted, and not me. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number three, the Wendigo of the Pitch Black. Submitted by Unknown Ark. I was seventeen when summer break came to me. I also hated school and was one of the worst students in my class. That's what my teachers said, anyway. I was in my living room, looking at my phone, ready for a camping trip. My friends and I had been planning for months. I'd gotten permission from my parents so after a little while of waiting, my friends came and picked me up. I was on my phone as we began to drive off. We'd have a few stops before reaching the woods. It was nighttime as I looked around, not having a care in the world, but to be honest, I had a shiver run down my spine a few times, just seeing how pitch black dark the woods were. I helped my friends pitch up the tent Then we unloaded everything from the car. We then got together a campfire and talked for a while, as well as singing campfire songs. I found myself repeatedly looking behind me into the darkness of the forest. My friends asked me, why do you keep looking back there? I would respond, I'm just curious, but that was a lie. To be forward with you, I felt scared. I felt as if there was something in the woods with us. A few minutes passed by as we got rid of the fire and walked back into our tents. My friends were soon fast asleep and I was the only one awake reading a book. A few moments later, when the silence was interrupted, it sounded like a branch snapped in the distance. I called out, come on, we're trying to sleep, thinking it was one of the other guys. Yet there was no response. I waited, but nothing came, and I soon decided to take my flashlight and go check it out. I looked around for only a moment, not venturing too far. Then I shrugged it off, because I didn't see or hear anything else. I walked over to a tree, then relieved myself. When I was done, I once more looked back into the woods, only to see a pair of glowing eyes looking back at me as well as a hand reaching out of the shadows. The hand was only inches from me when I jumped back and screamed at the top of my lungs. Almost right away, the others were waking up, grabbing their flashlights and running out to me. I stared down at the creature that was hidden by the dark. Suddenly, its eyes turned away. I heard it bound off into the forest as I watched it move about in the pitch black. I could have sworn I saw an antler protruding from its head. After that incident, I made such a fuss about camping out that night that soon we were packing up and heading back into town. As we drove away, though I'd been staring into the woods all night, I couldn't find the courage to peek out the windows. I hunkered myself down below the window line and kept my eyes tightly shut. Number four, The Move, submitted by Gemini24, and read by Being Scared.
1: I'm 28 years old, and this is the first time I've thought about this incident in detail, because of how traumatizing it was. I met my ex-girlfriend in California in 2010, We had both lived there our whole lives, but decided to move to Maine a couple years after we started dating. She had flown to Maine on a business trip in 2012, and fell in love with everything about it. The small towns, the scenery, and the people. She came home and convinced me to pack up our whole lives and move there. And so we did. We saved up a bunch of money and rented a huge moving truck. The plan was for me to drive the moving truck across the country while she stayed behind three days to finish her classes at the local community college, which were due to end at that time. I would have just waited until her classes were finished, but we decided to take advantage of an incredibly good deal that we were offered from the company who provided the moving truck. She had a car that she had to drive there anyways, while I towed my car behind the moving truck. My brother came with me on the trip helping me drive. The drive was obviously a very long one, and when my brother and I arrived in Maine, about four days after we had left, we were exhausted. After unloading the truck and sleeping for about 16 hours, we decided to visit the small town of Belfast, which was about 14 miles away from my new house. We ate some seafood at a little family owned joint, rented a scary movie, and made the drive back to the house. My new house was literally in the middle of nowhere. During the day, the view of the lake in my backyard was amazing. The woods surrounding my house were awesome and everything was really beautiful. At night, it was a different story. The house was incredibly creepy to be in. The whole house was surrounded with windows. You could not see anything looking out those windows at night but I'm sure that if you were standing outside, you could quite easily see in. My brother had a flight booked back to California the following day and we woke up very early in the morning to drive to Portland where the airport was. I eventually made it back alone and wasn't able to make any phone calls or watch any cable TV because we had no service out there yet and no cable or internet hooked up. My cell phone did not work anywhere on that property. The only thing I had was a box of DVDs. That was it. When I made it back, I decided to try out my new fishing pole that we had bought in town. I wasn't out at the lake very long, as it started to get dark in Maine very fast in the fall. I went back to the house and sat in the living room in the chair, looking out the windows at the scenery. My view was getting darker and darker. I turned on all the lights in the house and quickly became creeped out when it became pitch black outside. Imagine being in the middle of the forest in the middle of nowhere at night and looking around. You could not see your own hand if you held it right in front of your face. And when I say it was pitch black, I mean you can't see anything. We hadn't hung up any curtains or blinds yet, and I had the extremely uneasy feeling that somebody was outside the house Watching me. Watching me go from room to room. I decided to hang up sheets over all the windows using thumbtacks. I sat on the couch in the living room and put in a funny movie to try and shake the unnerving feeling that I had. It did not work. I eventually realized I had to try to get some sleep and my eyelids were becoming sore. I was getting very tired. I covered myself with blankets on the couch and turned off the TV. After a few minutes my eyes had adjusted and I could see around the living room very slightly. My eyes were very heavy and I fell asleep. I woke up some time later and it was still night and still very dark. I reached for my bottle of coke that I had on the ground in front of me and took a big gulp. I set it back down and looked around the room. Now. I'm having difficulty putting these next emotions into words that I could accurately convey. My heart began to throb when I noticed a man standing in the corner of the room. I couldn't see his eyes, but he had to have been looking at me. I did nothing and said nothing, and not by choice, but because I couldn't. I was frozen. He didn't move and it was clear that he was trying to not be seen. After a few moments I did my best to think rationally and logically. I'm not sure that he knew that I had seen him. I had a blanket over me which might have shrouded my face, in which he wouldn't be able to see my eyes. After about a minute of gut-wrenching fear, I somehow decided to do something, and it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. I forced myself to cough, I did it while getting up in an effort to give him the impression that I didn't know that he was there. I slowly made it to my feet and walked across the icy cold wood flooring to the bathroom around the corner of the living room. He didn't move. I made it into the bathroom and nothing happened. I closed the bathroom door and slowly turned the lock to the upright position. Tears went down my face as I backed up into the bathtub behind me. I was staring at the door. I suddenly realized there was a small window up above the bathtub that I could most likely crawl through. I moved the shower curtain as silently as I could and reached up to the window lock. I unlocked it and tried sliding the window open to the left. The window began to squeak when I pulled it open and I froze, hoping that the man didn't hear it. A couple seconds later, I heard a tapping on the bathroom door. It wasn't a knock, but a tap, and it didn't sound like the tap of a finger, it sounded like metal, like he was tapping a knife against the door. At this point I made the realization that the man either knew what I was doing, or simply wanted me to know that he was outside the door. Adrenaline took over completely, and I slid the window open and pushed the screen out onto the ground. I tried not to exert any noise as I jumped up and began squeezing my body through the small window. My head and upper body were out and I could not see inside the bathroom anymore, only the dense, dark woods in front of me. I was pulling my legs through the window when I suddenly felt the man grab my foot. Directly after that, before I could even react, I felt my ankle be sliced open. I let out a noise of shock and surprise as I pulled out of his grasp and fell to the ground. I started heaving and felt as if my heart would explode. I stood up and looked around. I very quickly dashed out into the woods and fell to the ground looking back at the house and the window to the bathroom. I felt my ankle which was throbbing from pain and brought my hand up to reveal it covered in slick blood. The deathly serious situation I was in became real and horrifying. I looked back at the house and suddenly saw the back door fly open. The man ran down the steps and started looking around into the darkness, searching for me. I became a statue on the ground and tried to control my breathing. He had a huge knife in his hand and was wearing all black. He was walking into the woods, but not near where I was laying. He was grunting and soon after I lost sight of him. I started frantically looking around thinking that at any moment he would spot me and stab me to death. I saw nothing but trees and darkness. There was a bit of snow on the ground from a couple days before and I was freezing and shaking at this point uncontrollably. About 10 minutes later I saw the man walk out of the trees from where he entered and went back inside the house. I laid out there the rest of the night and luckily the sun started to rise only about an hour later. After the sun fully illuminated my surroundings, I felt as though the man had probably left and I felt ready to move. I made it to my feet and walked around the house to the front. I saw that the front door was left wide open. I slowly approached it and looked inside. Nothing. I walked in a few steps and grabbed my car keys that were hanging on a hook by the front door. I ran back to my car and unlocked it, got inside and started the engine. I backed out of the long driveway and drove to the little general store a few miles from my house. And this is where the story ends. I got away and so did the intruder. My ankle was pretty badly cut but it healed after a few months with no problems. I suffered minor pneumonia from being outside for the time that I had, but nothing too serious became of it. This incident has made sleep very difficult for me, but writing this has oddly enough made me somewhat drowsy. I think maybe I'll try to go to sleep right now. Thanks for listening.
0: Number 5. Red Eyes in the Darkness. Submitted by Paid. I live on a reserve in Alberta, Canada, near the small town of Mesquatchies. Behind my home is a large wooded area, and for the most part, nothing much has happened in these woods. All my life, I've been a non believer in the supernatural. That is until something happened in April of 2006. Back then, me and most of my family would play poker next door at my aunt's place. The games would often begin when everyone was off work around five or 6 p.m., and then it would go on until late in the night when no one could stay awake any longer. On one particular night in April of 2006, on a seemingly normal Friday night, we played Texas Hold'em till around 3 a.m., As the games ended, I decided to walk home as it's not too far from my aunt's house to my place, maybe a few hundred feet. Though the wooded area is sort of between our houses. My cousin Shane decided to tag along with me as he lives across a field from my house. So we set off. Midway between my house and my aunt's, Shane and I began to hear rustling in the woods. We thought nothing of it. Maybe just one of the dogs, I figured. But that wasn't until I could hear off in the distance the dogs we thought it was, going absolutely crazy. They were barking and growling. That was around the same time I heard Shane say, holy crap, man. Now, I'm partially blind in my left eye, so I had to glance directly at where he was seemingly looking at in the darkness. What I saw sent chills down my spine. I'm nearly six foot four, but the thing we were looking at that was looking right back at us, standing in the tree line about 20 feet away, stood about a foot taller than I. I wasn't entirely sure what it was, but as I said, it was a massive figure, and as it stared directly at us, I could see its eyes. They were glowing or reflecting a bright red, and it seemed to be breathing heavily, as its shoulders moved up and down in the pale moonlight, almost as though it was contemplating coming at us. But, thankfully, it continued to stare. I leaned over without taking my eyes off of it, and I said to Shane, just keep walking, man, just keep walking. For some reason, I felt that if we ran, it would come after us, As we passed the tree line and got into my yard, I took a quick glance back at the tree line as we climbed the stairs to my house and still I could see those red eyes locked on us. We got to the door and I fumbled nervously with my keys. As we headed inside, I quickly slammed the door shut and bolted it. What in the world was that? I remember asking once we got inside. Of course, we never did find out. To this day, I know that I will never forget those horrid red eyes in the dark. Number six, The Motel, submitted by Huxel B. Read by Being Scared.
1: Working at a motel in rural Arizona for six months. I was working the front desk one night when this guy comes in. He has marks and scratches all over his face. He paid for the room in all quarters that he had in a ziplock bag in his pocket. I went back to reading when he walked out of the office and about 10 minutes later almost had a heart attack when I looked up from my book and saw him standing in the doorway. As soon as he noticed me he walked away and I knew right then that this guy was bad news. I felt incredibly uncomfortable. I could feel my face turn red as my heart started to pound. A minute later, I walked out of the office to look around. The guy was nowhere in sight, but I could see that the door to his room was open. Seconds later, I was facing the opposite direction of his room when I heard the sound of running behind me I turn around to see the guy sprinting right at me. I froze in disbelief for a second, and then ran back into the office. I slammed the door and ran and ducked behind the front counter, not knowing what else to do. Crouched down, I prepared myself, but the guy never came through the door. I stood up and looked out the window next to the door. He wasn't there. This all happened in the span of seconds, and I was honestly terrified. Shaking, I picked up the phone and called the police. They didn't take me very serious, but said they would be there shortly. For some reason I don't know, I called the guy's room. Did he answer? No. A woman answered. A woman laughing. (laughs) The police arrived and searched the now vacant room. Never found the guy or a woman but they did find a box full of brand new, unopened cleaning supplies.
0: Number seven, scarring experience at the Riverwalk, submitted by Sylv The Scarred. As a child, I was exposed to some bad things, so I'm not that oblivious to the dangers of the world. But on that night, I was still immature and just stupid. My dad owns a company, and I was working with him that weekend, just navigation since we were in San Antonio, not from the area. He had promised to take me to the Riverwalk after taking a shower. We drove to the Riverwalk and saw the Alamo, among other touristic things. It was very beautiful, and I was amazed. Then we went down into the river walk itself and got a bit to eat. When we left, my dad had forgotten his bag, so we turned around and made our way back. The scent of food and people filled the air as we made our way back into the little somewhat underground area. It was getting darker now, but still there were quite a lot of people there. When we headed up the stairs to get back to the upper grounds, we passed a little ice cream shop. I was telling my dad about how I wanted to get my little sister something, when suddenly, a guy burst out of the door. We stopped and let the guy on his way. The man, obviously drunk, looked at me and then began to walk ahead of us quickly. I was dumb and didn't notice anything wrong just yet, though my dad had pulled me closer to him which was weird for me at the time. We continued walking forward. When I saw the guy stop ahead of us, then he turned around. He was looking straight at me, and that look even then, it scared me to my very core. My heart pounded, and the world was drowned out, besides the feeling of my dad placing me on his other side, away from the man. I casually glanced at the drunken man, only to see him looking back. I was scared, and even right now I'm slightly shaking, thinking about it. The way he looked at me, a little girl, as if I was some sort of piece of meat, something that made his mouth water. As we walked away from the man, my dad turned to me and said, he was checking to see if you were alone. That's why I put you on my other side. There's no telling what he was going to do. He explained to me seriously. I simply nodded, nervously laughing it off. Why would a middle-aged man be seeing if I was alone? And why did he look at me? Again, a 12-year-old little girl. Why did he look at me that way? I hate to think about it. What he could have done to me that night if I hadn't had my father with me. Number 8. The Road. Submitted by One and Done. And read by Being Scared.
1: The road that I take to get to my house is very long and windy. It's surrounded by trees, and there are no houses on it. It's just a very long road out in the middle of nowhere. Seven years ago, a car with four people inside crashed into a tree on that road. It was a very big deal because everyone in the car died, and supposedly there was something wrong with the brakes, and the car just kept accelerating faster and faster, and then finally hit a tree that was located almost at the end of the road. Every day when I drive down it, I think of how scared everyone inside the car must have been as they flew down this road at 100 miles per hour and then finally lost control. I literally think about it every time I drive down it. Last weekend I was driving home from work and I had gotten off late. It was around 2am when I was driving down the road. The road is unpaved and is very rough so unless you have the right tires you have to drive down it slow. As I was driving down, going about 15 miles per hour, I saw some people randomly standing next to a tree. I stopped the car after I passed them and saw in my passenger side mirror that there was three people walking towards my car. I immediately had a very bad feeling and hit the gas. I sped the rest of the way down the road much faster than i ever had before there were four people that died in the crash seven years ago and i only saw three people i don't believe in ghosts but there was no other car on the road i can't think of a reasonable explanation as to why they would be out there so late at night walking down a very long road every time i drive down the road at night I'm afraid I will see them again. What would have happened if I hadn't driven away from them?
0: Number 9. It Dances in the Window. Submitted by Julian H.B. I've had trouble sleeping for a few years now. I suffer from frequent sleep paralysis episodes, and I sometimes see some very crazy things. It usually happens when I go to sleep on or wake up on my back. Now, I have a fairly small room, just big enough to fit my bed in a corner and a big window facing out into the backyard. For some reason, this window is the focus of my sleep paralysis episodes though I'm beginning to think that this is more than just sleep paralysis. I wake up, unable to move my arms and legs, and at the corner of my eye, I can see the window. I tend to hear drumming starting up in the direction of those woods. Almost all of my episodes start like that. Down the hill at the opening of the forest, this thing walks out, and it's honestly the most terrifying creature you can imagine. It walks, almost like it's dancing. Rhythmic steps with the drums as it walks over to my window. It has to be at least seven feet tall to reach it, yet it's tremendously overweight. Its face is the icing on the cake, though. From its face dangles a large elephant's trunk. Its eyes are almost a cross between a horse's and a cat's, far apart, and big, but just small slits for pupils. To be honest, I've listened to too many stories of what people have been seeing during their own episodes, and it may be feeding into what I see from time to time. But the thing is, every time I do have an episode, I see the exact same creature, the exact same details and behavior. I'm not sure if it's real, or if it's a figment of my overactive imagination. As the woods are only a few hundred feet away, it takes the creature about 30 seconds to get to my window. All I can do is lie there and wait, trying to move some part of my body, but not being able to. I can sometimes move my head in the direction of the window, but that only makes it worse. I can see more of it when that happens, Once it gets to my window, it simply stares down at me and taps on the glass. Then, I can hear it moan, moaning like a dog that knows how to talk, but refuses to. It taps and moans louder and louder until I force myself to wake up. I don't know why I have the same experience repeatedly. Maybe it's some kind of subconscious thing, or maybe it is a real warning. I've never gone in those woods, not even when we first moved in two years ago. I've just never gotten around to it and it's always given me a very bad feeling. Perhaps this is my mind's way of telling me that I'm safer if I never go near them. Problem is, with all these dreams and fear comes a painful and morbid curiosity. And now, I'm thinking I may just go and check it out just to see if anything lives there. Who knows? Being sure may just help me sleep better from now on. And number 10, The Rest Stop, submitted by Lycanwolf and read by Being Scared.
1: This happened to two of my friends and I three years ago. We were driving from Texas to California and along the way, we made quite a few stops. Not only to get gas, but to eat, and a few times we were so tired, we had to stop at a motel to sleep. We tried to save money a couple times and slept in the car at a rest stop. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that sleeping at a rest stop is not the greatest idea, especially since we didn't have a plan or a designated stop in mind. We were too tired to drive in the middle of the night, driving through Arizona. The rest stop was completely empty. There was nobody there. For the majority of our trip, I drove, and on the occasion I'm speaking about, I was sitting in the driver's seat, with both of my friends laying in the back of the truck in sleeping bags. I couldn't sleep. I got out of the truck like three times to walk over to the vending machine by the bathrooms, I did, however, fall asleep, though, at about 4 a.m. I didn't sleep for long. The Mountain Dew I drank went right through me, and I had to go pee. But before I opened the door to get out, something caught my eye. Standing on the other side of the empty parking lot was a person. I squinted my eyes to see them better, but could only see that it was a man, I was pretty sure and he was standing with his back facing the highway and forward facing me. I actually did not believe what I was seeing because of how scary it was. This is the kind of thing that you see in scary movies. I remember thinking that as I looked at this person. It didn't take me long to accept that it was real, and I sort of whisper-yelled to my friends in the back to wake up. One of my friends made a grunting noise and the other ignored me. I opened the back window of my truck and whispered louder, telling them to get the hell up. The both of them moved, but didn't sit up. I turned to look at the person once more, and was startled to see that the person had moved closer to my truck. He was now standing in the middle of the parking lot, and now I could see him much more clearly. He was wearing all black, and black gloves. He pointed to the field behind my truck in a way like he wanted me to look away from him. I turned over my shoulder again and yelled, ''Guys, wake up, look!'' And they both sat up and were now concerned because I had told them to look at something. They looked around and asked, ''What?'' I turned to face the person again and he was gone. I looked in the direction of the bathrooms, behind me, over in the field, and he was just... gone. My friends jumped in the truck after they saw how freaked out I was, and we got the hell out of there.
0: Thank you for listening to our scary stories. I hope you enjoyed the rain sounds, along with these frightening true tales. If you enjoyed Being Scared's narrations, be sure to click the link in the description to see more from Being Scared and to subscribe to his channel. Thank you, Being Scared, for joining me this time. If you want your scary story to appear on this channel, you can go to darknessprevails.org slash submit to send me your story. Think about downloading my app Spooked via the link in the description for a free place to see all my stories and videos if you want to support this channel further, you can go to morbidmonsters.com to get Darkness Prevails merchandise, or go to patreon.com darknessprevails and donate just one buck a month to help us fight against the tide of YouTube and to get your name in the credits. Also, as YouTube doesn't notify everyone apparently, and it's pretty random, the only guaranteed way to get notifications of my videos is to follow me on Twitter at Dark Thank you. Now, as usual, here are my five favorite early comments from my previous full video about five mythical creature sightings. Lazy Swirl says, the real monsters are the main heads at YouTube. As you're about to see, it's impossible not to see these complaints about YouTube just in the first few dozen comments of this video. It's almost like YouTube doesn't care about its audience and continues to do what it likes anyway. It's not like thousands of creators like myself use these channels to support their families and to entertain millions. Making you millions in the process, YouTube. That's definitely not happening. (sighs) Sarcasm. As GPI says, insert edgy comment here to make senpai notice you. Mm Mm-hmm, you think you're clever, don't you? Well, joke's on me because it apparently worked. Peyton Butler also has some sarcasm too. Thank you, YouTube. I refreshed my sub feed five times after seeing the notification with no luck. Guess YouTube enjoys being annoying and incompetent. I watch all of PewDiePie's videos and he's the largest YouTuber on this platform. And despite having 60 something million subs, this happens to me every time I get a notification from him. One time, I swear to God, I couldn't see his new video until I went into an incognito tab then found his channel manually. YouTube might as well be synonymous with the word toilet at this point. The Prism Star says, do you have any pets? I have a unicorn myself. Strapping the cardboard cylinder of a toilet paper roll to your little brother's forehead while he's sleeping does not count as a unicorn, but it is awesome, so keep it up. And Halo Player of Legends says, well, I was planning on going to work, but then Darkness Prevails posted a video, so screw it. Darkness Prevails rules. It's all in the name, my friend. Darkness prevails, after all. Anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in to another creepy video. More scary stories are coming soon. Here are the credits to my patrons who continue to support me. And until next time, stay safe out there and stay creepy.